Our scripture today comes from the book of Matthew, second chapter, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born, the king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the start that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Be seated. So one of my favorite songs in the Christmas season is also one of my least favorite songs, so let me preface that. But it's the 12 days of Christmas. And, it, and if uh, those of you maybe that have been around uh, me in certain settings in the Christmas season, um, I have a beautiful sweater that shows the 12 days of Christmas that I get to wear uh, that has all 12, uh, has squares with the numbers and has all 12, which is great when I'm singing the song because I can look at the patches, uh, the areas, and figure out which number goes with which particular gift. Uh, and it, it, it's just a wonderful song because it does remind us that there are 12 days to the Christmas season. That Christmas does not end on December 25th, but that Christmas continues on. And so today, does anybody know what today would be? The ninth day of Christmas. So what are we getting? Nine ladies dancing. I had to look that up, so I made sure to get it right before I got up here. And, and now, the reason I hate that song is because it's so long and so repetitive, um, and sometimes I get tired and I can't make it to the end. But, reminding us of the 12 days of Christmas, and reminding us and, and hearing, you know, this tradition that has come in the Christmas season, where we are giving gifts to loved ones and receiving gifts from those uh, that love us and those that want to give to us, whether that be uh, material items or just time and presence. 
But this tradition of giving to one another. And I'm not really sure when in our culture this idea of giving gifts during Christmas started. Um, It's been around as long as I have, um, and I'm sure it's been around longer than I have. Uh, But I I wonder if this idea of giving gifts to one another, if it comes from Jesus receiving gifts from the Magi. So January 6th, which is coming up in the middle of this week, is the traditional day of Epiphany. That is the day in which the 12 days of Christmas, that Christmas season that we're reminded through that song, is done. But Epiphany is the day that we celebrate celebrate and acknowledge the wise men coming to Jesus, following the star, and giving Jesus the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, who are the wise men, right? We, we don't really get a lot of background to who they are. All we know is from Matthew's gospel is that they were following the star and that they have gone to King Herod to ask about this, this king, this baby that is born. And, and we see Herod a little worried, right? We see him a little intimidated because Herod is uh, uh, the king uh, at this moment, and he is a little worried about uh, these wise men coming in and saying that there has been another baby that is born that is to fulfill the prophecy that, you know, the Jews have been waiting for, the Messiah. So he's a little intimidated. But these wise men are more than likely uh, great interpreters from their areas, right? They are able to see the stars and be able to kind of foretell the future. And so that's part of why they're able to follow the star and to come and, and to acknowledge and know that, that there, something amazing is happening, right? Um, and so they're able to interpret dreams and, and just in high regard in the culture at that time. And so, being that Herod is a little kind of intimidated, a little worried about his power and his uh, position, he secretly gets the wise men to come together with him, and they talk. And so, he sends them out to go and to find this baby. And so, they go, they continue to follow the star, and they find this little baby boy, Now, he's probably not still in the manger, like our uh, nativity scenes show. He may be a year or two old at this point in time, Um, but he's still real young. And they come and they give him these three gifts. And so if we we look at these three gifts, gold makes sense, right? If this is the, the king of kings, if this is supposed to be the Messiah, gold is something that you would give to royalty. But... When it comes to frankincense and myrrh, we, I didn't really understand that growing up. I, I don't understand why Jesus would want frankincense and myrrh. But as I've come to find out, frankincense actually represents uh, or signifies wisdom, right? So a gift of wisdom. 
And then myrrh is a gift uh, showing or hoping for a long life and healing as well. And so when we see that they are, are giving these three gifts to, to Jesus, it, it makes a little sense. If they truly believe this prophecy and truly believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy, then receive, Jesus receiving gold, frankincense, and myrrh makes a lot of sense for the royalty, the hope of the Messiah having wisdom and a long life, and that this Messiah can, can give healing to those that are in search of it. And so, when we think about their journey to go and to find the Messiah and to give these three wonderful gifts to Jesus, we can really kind of uh, separate it into to three phases, right? So, they're from the, the Persian area at this point is what most scholars believe. And so, they, they're going to Bethlehem. Well, that is not a, a, like right next door. It's kind of a long journey. And so, this first phase is this journey for them to go from their home area all the way to where Jesus was. This long, and I'm sure grueling journey. You know, because they, they want to go and they want to they find Jesus, right? So, that's the first little phase of their, their story. And then this middle phase, this middle uh, part of their story is how they go and they end up risking their lives for Jesus. They go and they find Jesus, right? And and they've told Herod about this. Um, Who knows? Herod could have just, you know, kind of taken them out then and said, well, you know, as long as nobody hears about this, this child that has been born, nobody will question it, right? Nobody will uh, try to take my position and my power away. And so they're really risking themselves for Jesus. And, and we see that at the end, too, where they acknowledge that Herod has been using them. And so they go back to their home area through other roads, rather than going through uh, where Herod would be. And then the third part of this is that these, these wise men, these magi, they come and they are in the presence of Jesus, and they give these gifts, and, and they kneel down, and they bow to him. They rejoice in who this is before them. The Messiah, the fulfillment of that prophecy, that promise that God had given his people. And so that's kind of the three uh, movements in this story. And when we look and we think about these three movements through this event, through this story, uh, this, uh, this experience of the wise men, the first part we probably do fairly well in our lives today. You know, because a lot of times we're looking for those moments in which God is present in our life. We're looking for those moments of where we feel Christ 
surrounding us. We probably do better when things are not good in our lives. That tends to be when we're looking for that comfort or that peace and where we lean on God more uh, than maybe when things are going well and we think that, you know, it's because we did it. But overall, we, we do look for where God is. We look for how that presence of God is working in our lives and in the lives of others. But the, the next two, I, I would think, are a little tougher for us. I mean, when we hear that the wise men risk their lives for Jesus, how many of us have been willing to give our lives, no matter what the calling is that God has put before us, the purpose in which God has revealed to us, how many of us have gone, no problem? There probably and for sure are moments where we have. But I'm guessing there's more moments where we ignore that call, that purpose, because maybe it makes us feel uncomfortable. Maybe we think that we're supposed to go in a different direction and we're just not listening as well as we should. It might scare us. Because God will put us in situations that are uncomfortable. Because God wants to use us so that his kingdom may continue to grow in all the reaches of the world. And so there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But for whatever reason, sometimes we're just not ready. Sometimes our wants, our needs come first. But hearing how these wise men, they're not only going and, and seeing where God is leading them, right? By going and following the star and going to see this, this child. But they are literally risking their life on earth to go and to find this child and to celebrate this child. So the third part of this, right, rejoicing. Rejoicing in, in who God is and, and rejoicing in the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, the King of kings, our Lord. We see the wise men bowing down, acknowledging this, this child's kingship, acknowledging this child's authority, acknowledging the fulfillment of the, the, the prophecy in which God said he would send a Messiah to save his people. And we do a great job of that on Sunday mornings. We come together, we worship in this space and in our sanctuary, and we rejoice and we honor and we show our love for God. But 
how about the moments where we step outside this building? How are we rejoicing in our everyday lives and acknowledging God as our Lord and as our King? Are we, are we praying and giving thanks to the God that is continually present in our life? Are we exemplifying that love and that presence that we know and have experienced in God? Because rejoicing for the Christ who has come and fulfilled this prophecy that God has promised that excitement should be way more than just our moments here. And, and I have no doubt that there are moments where we are out and we are rejoicing. But sometimes, with the busyness of life, with uh, things that are going on, this is our only moment in which we rejoice. When really the excitement and the glory needs to be heard and celebrated in all the moments of our lives. And so hearing this story, this event, this passage of the wise men, it kind of gives us a blueprint of, of three important aspects of living our life. Searching for where God is. Seeing that presence and that love in our lives and in the lives of so many others. Giving our lives so that we may fulfill God's purpose and God's calling, so that, that we may risk ourselves and put ourselves second behind where God is leading and, and to go out and to use our lives and to rejoice, to rejoice and acknowledging that the God, the God who loves us fulfilled his promise by giving us a child who was fully God and fully human and who came in this world and was God on earth and, and felt the same emotions, the same struggles that we did. A child that came and was the sign of the new covenant in which God was putting together for us. The wise men, you know, they saw that kingship of Jesus. They knew his importance. That's why it, it was no question for them to go and to find Jesus, to go and to risk their lives for Jesus, and, and to go and rejoice and celebrate who Jesus was. And, and see, what's even more amazing is that we know a little bit more of the story. In this moment, the wise men had just come and, and were with this child. 
But we know that that child grows up and does incredible ministry in the world, that that child goes and performs so many miracles, goes and really helps people understand the importance of who God is. But more than anything, that child grows up and then sacrifices himself so that he may be resurrected and that death may be no more through him. So being that the wise men in this moment don't have that part of the story, and they were still able to go and, and want to find Christ, to go and to risk their lives, and, and then got there and knelt down and bowed and rejoiced in who this baby was, I know the story. We all know the story. We should be willing to do exactly as the wise men and to celebrate. And so I I hope as we continue on through 2022 uh, in this time of transition from Pastor Dale being here for a year and stepping in for Pastor Arthur while he was doing ministry at Fort Hood, I hope that we will continue in this time of transition to look of where God is in a world that that seems so dark at times, in a world that we just don't understand, that we continue to look and to find where God is, and that we as individuals, we as a congregation, that we continue to go where God is calling and to put God first in all that we do, and that wherever we are, that we rejoice in knowing that Christ has come into the world. Christ has come into the world to do amazing miracles. Christ has come into the world for us so that through his resurrection, death may be no more. It's the ultimate gift, the, the, the gift that the wise men gave to Jesus of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That was a, a wonderful gift to give to any, any person but the gift that Christ gives to us through His grace. That that is an even bigger and more incredible gift that we do not deserve, but yet we are able to receive. And so, as we come to the table today, Let us remember of the gift that we are receiving in this moment. The gift of God's grace and God's love and God's presence in our lives. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we come to you today. And we just ask that you open our eyes and our hearts so that we may continue 
to look for you, our God, in all the days of our lives, and that we may continue to put you first in all that we do, and that we may rejoice all of the moments of our lives. Rejoice that your Son, Christ Jesus, has come into the world, and that your Son, Christ Jesus, is our Lord, our King. And that through him, death is no more. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.